Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that is determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 366 days this year. I'm Tom. I'm Julia. And I'm Anthony. Happy New Year, y'all. Happy New Year. It's our second leap year as a podcast. That is our second leap year. We've been doing this a long time. We have been doing this a long time. And I still like you guys. Like, that should be a testament in and of itself. Uh, I don't like you guys. I love you guys. I am shocked and or amazed. <laughs> Had a sick kid, but that allowed us to relax a little extra on Christmas Day because we told some family to stay away. Love my family, but I also don't hate that we had a super chill Christmas. So... It was good. What about y'all? Did, did you still cook? I did still cook. So it all went well. My youngest just didn't partake in the food. Poor guy. My spatchcock turkey came out perfect. Oh, That's cool. I love it. It is, is cool. The only way to cook turkey, y'all. <laughs> Have, you've done it before, right, Julia? I've done chicken. I've smoked spatchcock okay. chicken. So. Mine are much smaller than yours, I would imagine. I roasted a 16-pound turkey in like two hours. It's amazing. And it was so tender and mild. (laughs) Your turkey should be like the baby Jesus. (laughs) I think. I don't know. I need to look at the German for that. I want to know what we translate as tender and mild. Oh. Anthony, you posted something today that made me sad. I did. You have destroyed Christmas in your home. I did. Everything's away, packed up, and back in storage as of today. Less than 48 hours after Christmas. I don't know the feeling of this year. Like, whatever, I got nice stuff, but like, I don't know, it's depressing. Less of us family around the tree when people die off and, I don't know, went by very quickly and it's just Glad to see the end of it in 2023 in general. And I'm hoping by the time we're talking this time next year, I will have had a great Christmas. But just wasn't me this year. That makes me sad. Makes me sad too. It happens though. That was me last year. We packed up real fast last year. And today and this year was a lot better, Anthony. There's hope, Anthony. What was the That's favorite good. thing you got this year, Anthony? I don't know. I got a bunch of books I wanted. Got a new camera and ring light thing so i can start doing youtube videos like i want to do got a new italian horn which i wanted a bunch of cash nice julia what'd you get that you liked marty got me some uh birkenstock boots that i'm really excited about but i think my favorite thing that i got this year was a pair of bombas 
slippers and they're my new favorite thing. So big win. What about you, Tom? My mom got me the same thing she got me last year without knowing it. And Christine and Ellie got me the same thing they got me for my birthday. <laughs> Which is what? Mm -hmm. It's the Patronus Lego. Oh, that's a fun that, one. Uh, yeah, so that was fun. But Christine got <laughs> us all tickets to go see Jimmy World in Oklahoma City. Oh, nice. my goodness. Where are they that playing in Oklahoma City? March. Chesapeake. Oh, nice. Did y'all get your Christmas gifts from me yet? <laughs> No. Good. You shouldn't have because they're sitting on the dining room table. So if you got okay, any, mine are sitting right poster. here. So <laughs> I was like, you got on it. No Tis the podcast listeners. This has been a year of Christmas miracles. <laughs> I beat the other elf who was supposed to turn in their Christmas Eve story to Anthony. I got mine in first. And yeah. I not only bought everybody's Christmas presents beforehand, but I shipped them before either Anthony or Julia sh sent gifts. And this never happens. And you got the cards well out before Christmas, Christmas this year. So people should have gotten them before Christmas. I did. I did. So And the new sticker. Yeah, it was hailing fun. it. Woo! <laughs> the podcast listeners, this is how you know it was a weird year. Anthony hated Christmas <laughs> and Tom, Tom was on top of everything. <laughs> I'm telling you, I am still not convinced that the Large Hadron Collider did not spin us into another part of the multiverse. <laughs> uh, what have y'all oh, been watching? Man. Have you been watching anything Christmassy, Anthony? I have been watching everything Christmassy, yes. That will go okay, on to the first. Christmas entertainment is still doing it for you then. I'm trying to have it do it for me. The cartoons do at night as I'm trying to drift off to sleep, like just like bright colors and everything like that. Ellie and I took advantage of the Hulu Christmas episode collections and we watched Everybody Hates Chris. And nice. I wanna I wanna add that to our schedule next oh. year. I'll tell you this, if I feel like any Christmas special this year, I feel like Alf's special Christmas equals to the dying girl in the hospital. <laughs> and you uh, just want to cry by the end of it. <laughs> can you go watch can you go watch the Everybody Loves Chris Christmas episodes, Anthony? I will do that. Uh they are so funny. <laughs> Ellie had the revelation this year, you know, the one that you You hate and yes. no parent. That was the whole episode of Everybody Hates Chris. The perfect timing. The Chris, the season finale of the Frasier continuation was a Christmas episode. Oh, it was good. And Roz okay. came back, so it was good. Huh? It's a, it's a good continuation. Me and Sarah really like it. Huh? Well, I mean, speaking of holiday collections, we did watch the King of the Hill holiday episodes. We're just on TV, and Ethan and Marty and I watched them, and that was delightful. We've covered those, right? We have not. We have not, but we Are will you this sure? year. I have strong okay. things to say about that. That's how I know we haven't covered them. <laughs> oh, you don't like King of the Hill? I hate that show. As Texans, oh, I love King of it the Hill. rings yeah. true. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I have no doubt. It's a. Uh, <laughs> I have no doubt. It's a regional thing, but that's why you never hear me expressing desire to move to any state. That could be like that. Ellie had a wonderful Christmas. She loved it. Broke my little heart when she said what her favorite thing was. 
But what is it? I said, what's your favorite gift you got this year? Well, it wasn't really a gift. It was that grandma and grandpa came over and spent the whole day with me on Christmas. Oh, like, that broke my heart. But she got Mario That's Wonder. So sweet. For Switch. Have you played it yet, Anthony? Is that where he's an elephant? You can be an elephant. Yeah. I haven't played it yet. Is it good? So I was talking to my priest about it tonight. His favorite Mario is back in the Mario 3D days. I think this is my favorite Mario game ever. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Big words. Yep, it's good. They're big words. It's good. I did see the poster they released for the Garfield movie over Christmas with Odie and Garfield wrapped up in stockings, poking out their heads out of stockings over a fireplace. It's very cute Christmas holiday tie-in Aww. marketing. We have all shared in the Christmas spirit together, and I think it's time that we destroy that. As we cover the single most ludicrous movie we've covered all year. I appreciate the pun, but you're not wrong. Dashing Through the Snow. Dashing Through the Snow is a new Disney Plus movie that was released this year and stars Ludacris, the rapper. I'll go ahead and do a quick plot synopsis. Ludacris is a social worker who has, because of an early childhood trauma, lost all of the Christmas spirit. He encounters Santa Claus and, as a result, must deal with early childhood trauma and disbelief as he protects Santa from some bad actors. Literally bad actors. Yes. Let's do histories. Everybody's history as we watched it for this podcast. Accurate. I watch it with my whole family, and it's the first time in a long time Christine has stayed focused through a Christmas movie, probably the first Christmas movie this year that she stayed focused through. Although she and Ellie really loved Home Alone 3. Sarah really likes Home Alone 3 as well. I'll go next. And that way that way, Julia can top us out here on a positive. You said you and your whole family enjoyed it? I just said we watched it and that Christine sat through the whole thing. I, did, I am not getting into how I feel about it yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anthony, did you watch this with Sarah or by yourself? No, we watched together. Julia, did you watch this with family? Uh, no, I watched it by myself. Although Jude kept like coming over, listening to it on my phone. Like, what is that? But just myself. Our protagonist in this is Eddie Garrick, who is played by Christopher Brian Bridges of Champaign, Illinois, also known as Ludacris. And Ludacris <laughs> has been dabbing dabbling in the movie business for quite a while he's been in a uh, 102 different things you'll probably know him most notably as a singer but he's also been cut part of the fast and the furious franchise he was in show dogs i just watched him this thanksgiving when i thought we were going to cover turkey hollow he was the narrator for that thanksgiving movie oh my oh. gosh he was i thought you were going to say he's been in 102 fast and furious movies i was going to be like that sounds oh. right well, that, there'll be 102 Fast and Furious movies by the time we end this podcast. Trust me. <laughs> there are so many. Are we Ludacris fans as an actor or a musician? No. I don't listen to Ludacris much. So I just don't have a lot of exposure to it. So I don't know that I am or am not a fan. Though that commercial he does with peanut butter and his hair grows inexplicably while he's eating the peanut butter is like perplexing to me. Like, I don't understand why. 
peanut butter forces his hair to grow. And every time it comes on, I'm like, I don't understand this commercial at all. <laughs> it's like a commercial for Wonka's chocolate or something. That's like something his chocolate would do. <laughs> it really is. Julia Ludacris is older than both of us. I saw that. 1977. Holy crap. Yeah. It's that is insane. Oh, yep. and unfortunate. And started rapping when he was nine years old. So that's kind of cool. He's in general a good guy, right? I think like so. Like a good human being, yes. Yeah, yeah like a yeah. good human. I'll say this. He was not the weakest person in this movie. No, I don't think so. Anthony is chopping at the bit to tear into this film about why he hates it. Y'all, he's like <laughs> sweating and uh, getting real <laughs> jittery right now. We can tell he's ready to go. <laughs> Flames, flames, looking really flames, flames, flames on the side of my face. <laughs> <laughs> Santa Claus is played by comedian, actor, writer, and producer Lil Rel Howery, who is also older than us, Julia, and just celebrated his birthday. I take, I take issue with the fact that you call this man Santa Claus. Oh, we're off to a great He's start, super y'all. jolly. He is super jolly. I like how jolly he is. He's in the sequel to Good Burger that just came out. St- stick to the fast food, fake fast food chains, man. He was also in Get Out. He was in Get Out. And he was in... Stick to very well written horror movies, man. He was in the he was in the, the voice of Devil Tom in Tom and Jerry. He was in Sneakerheads, Woke. The Angry Birds movie. The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle. He was on it in Living Color. Okay. I've got to jump in here. I'm sorry. I can't I can't I can't hold this anymore. We have go back and listen, listeners. When we were gearing up for our November and December episodes, I was excited for Danny Glover as Santa, for this guy as Santa. I was excited for the representation. Both of these actors were underserved by the horrific material they were given. They just were. Sorry. And either of them could have made a good Santa in a better movie. But instead, as I'll dive into and tear apart as we talk about this plot, Disney decides to go the cheap route as they've been going for the past two decades now, pissing all over Walt Disney's grave with their cookie-cutter, unimaginative films. And I'll stop right there for the time period. Back to the cast. Eddie's daughter, Charlotte, is played by Madison Skye Validum, who was in Best Christmas Ever as part of the... We're covering that later this year. She played Beatrix Jennings. She is Bean from the Ivy and Bean movies as well, which our family loves. Anthony has something to say about her, and that's she's a good child actress. And I'll leave oh my it. gosh, I was afraid we were going to have a fight. <laughs> Estranged wife of Eddie and mother of Charlotte is Allison, played by Tayana Paris. Tayana Paris was in The Marvels. Mm-hmm. Another Dear. movie starring a great actress who was way better than the freaking material they gave her. She <laughs> was in Dear White People. She had a recurring role on WandaVision. She was on the TV show Empire for a few episodes. She had an arc. And she, like everybody else, has done all of the other cameo appearances in the shows. Our villain, Councilman Conrad Harf, is played by our Oscar Nunez, who we have covered. Who we have covered. 
extensively <laughs> on the office episode how do you go from playing one of the best characters on the office to stripping for sandra bullock and betty white to this piece of trash anyway stripping for sandra bullock and betty white when was that <laughs> the proposal oh <laughs> i was about to say i <laughs> do that now we have a cadre of villains that work for the councilman that we'll cover and that will be the it for our cast we have mary one of his hench women that leads the other two henchmen who is played by mary lynn roscob who i know as chloe o'brien from 24 okay she's familiar from something and i didn't know where maybe that's it did you watch 24 no but i've definitely seen her in like promos from that she had a few ep- she serious. did a few episodes on brooklyn 99 she played the wife of boyle yeah oh maybe that Nicolaj's, was nicolage's mom maybe that was it she had a couple episodes she had a couple Anthony, you may have recognized her from Arrested Development. She was also on New Girl. Yeah, she's been in a lot of stuff. She's been in a lot of stuff. So I like her a lot. This I like, I like so this much. actress. Peter is played by Ravi Patel, who also has done a lot of things. Uh, I know him f- most recently from the series Animal Control. Did either of y'all watch that? Oh, Animal okay. Control is the new Joel McHale show. Where oh, right. He had a couple episodes. He had a couple. He was on a couple of episodes of Ghosts, which I know we're fans of the American version. He was in Wonder mm-hmm. Woman, American Housewife. He played um, Greg's assistant on American Housewife and was funny. So, yeah, he's done a lot of stuff. I like him, too. And our last henchman is Paul, played by Marcus Lewis. And Marcus Lewis was in, did has done a lot of stunts in shows. That's what he's most known for. He was in Renfield. He had a couple episodes on The Young Rock. He was on The Walking Dead. He was in The Avengers Affinity War. He was in Divergent. Talk about mm-hmm. movies that did not live up to the books. Mm-hmm. And he was in the reboot of 90210. Okay, so we went through the cast. I just want to say about the cast, there is no real lack of talent here. It's the material they are given. Same with the director, who uh, Tim Story, who Julie just mentioned offline, did The Blackening, which is a great satirical movie that came out this year. So there's a lot of talent associated with this movie. There was reason to have high hopes going into this movie. My family enjoyed this movie. So I didn't hate it, but I also didn't love it. I think the script was really weak. It's definitely not me as a target market. I think it was probably geared a lot more for Jude. Gabe might be a little old. But there were some things they did with Santa that I really liked. Not the technology stuff, but I never loved that so much. There were some definite choices in the movie I questioned. But I mean, I caught myself smiling at a few parts. But most of the parts I smiled at were like the heartwarming moments and how much I think this Santa embodied like the jolliness of a Santa, which I really liked that he was a fluffy character, you know, with just a lot of heart and he giggled, which made me happy. So it was fine. I'm not going to watch it again for me, but I wouldn't tell my kids not to watch it. Um, I might even push them into it to say, check it out. See what you think. 
This movie failed at all levels for me. I mentioned to my co-hosts here offline that of the almost 100 movies I saw this year, 2023 movies I saw this year, this ranks in the bottom three. This is worse than the Naughty Nine. But when you look at my bottom movies, a lot of them are Disney. Which goes back to my feelings of modern-day Disney over the past two decades, which I just touched on earlier. Nothing in this movie worked for me, except the relationship between Ludacris and his daughter. I'll say they did that well. But the Christmas aspect, Santa, none of that worked for me. The flatulent reindeer like to beat people up to the Rocky theme song, give me a break. You were okay with Comet's flatulence. He wasn't beating people up to the Rocky theme song. Well, the people needed to be beaten up to the Rocky theme song. It was awful. It was completely and utterly awful. And then you have these over-the-top cartoonish villains who I'm supposed to believe are actual thugs who could take this guy down. It was a failure on all levels for me. It wasn't even that pretty to look at. Sorry, one last thing. I told Julia this before you hopped on, Tom, that she has mentioned before in the past on episodes how like certain things surpassed her in childhood because they weren't necessarily watched by her family, like her parents weren't into it and everything. I was telling Sarah, I am not showing our children modern-day Disney stuff unless they get their act together. Because this was awful. The Naughty Nine was all. They're going to have to be raised on the 80s, 90s, even early 2000s stuff from Disney and other <laughs> studios. Because this, I'm sorry, I'm not going to have my kid... I felt dumber after watching this, just like Ernest. We have a Santa who's farting cinnamon and sweating glitter. Give me a break. I would love to meet the person who wrote this and see how much he got paid. Well, Back if to you time. are curious, this was written by Scott Rosenberg. What else did he do? Uh, Disturbing Behavior, Beautiful Girls, High Fidelity. He wrote High Fidelity? So he phoned it in. That's why I'm like, oh, okay, again, this has so much talent from the director on down. You have to wonder where it went wrong. It went wrong with the Disney, the studio influence, which is where a lot of every, that's not a Disney criticism. That's where a lot of movies fail. Let me go through what he's written. He did the last couple of Jumanji movies, Venom. He did the TV show on ABC, Zoo. <laughs> oh, that, that, that's on par with the writing for that's this. That's weird, though, that we just talked about. Gone in 60 Seconds, Con Air, Disturbing Behavior, Tales from the Crypt. He did an episode of that. So he's all over the board. Yeah. And it's directed yeah. by Tim Story, who did the Fantastic Four, The Blackening, the new Tom and Jerry movie from 2021, Ride Along. So kind of all over the place, too. Directed the 2002 movie Barbershop. That was funny. So. We open up with some dude telling us a story about when he was a kid, and the only thing he wanted for Christmas was his parents to not fight. And he even concocted a plan that he runs by Santa. He goes to the mall, talks to Santa. He had written a letter. He just wants Santa to give his dad a fishing rod that he thinks is from his mom, and that will make everybody happy. That's all he wants for Christmas. Mm -hmm. Instead, Santa and his mom kind of flirt in line, and he asks the kid where he lives. And shows up and tries to rob the family, and the dad beats the crud out of him in front of the kid. So this opening, I actually had high hopes for the movie after this opening. I was like, this is hilarious. And then it went downhill. It was funny. Well, in the first scene where his phone rings, it says baby girl, and it's his daughter, so he obviously loves her. We get this good family relationship, and... Shortly after this, he gets, he's supposed to go see his daughter at her, her mom's house that night. 
He gets a phone call and has to go to the community center where there's some sort of artistic Christmas tree made out of glass and some dudes climbing it. The cops call them. He goes up the Christmas tree and connects with this guy who's obviously just having a hard time, talks him down, gets him a place to stay at a shelter and has somebody call a chop house to have a delicious Christmas meal brought to the guy. I'm sorry. I just have a question. Do you guys believe Ludacris in this role? Whatever you think of the actual movie. Do you yes. believe him in this role? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I liked him. Do you? I do not. I was just curious. He seemed pretty genuine to me. He seemed like a good guy. Mm-hmm. And so he leaves, he goes home, and his wife and daughter show up. And he's like, what are y'all doing here? And she's like, I knew you weren't going to show up for our daughter, so I brought her here. You spend the day. I'm going to go do all this other stuff I can do. It's the first time in 10 years that he hasn't worked on Christmas Eve and he's got his daughter. He's house sitting, I guess, for his next door neighbors taking care of their cat. He goes next door to take care of the cat and catches a Santa Claus stuck in the chimney. Helps Santa Claus out of the chimney and then he goes into social worker mode and he wants to help this guy. And the guy's just, he's an eccentric. He is just a whole lot. <laughs> And this is where the the show kind of got me. I start wondering, is this the real Santa Claus or not? And that's a common trend throughout the entire film for me until we get closer to the end. I don't know if I believe it. I don't believe it. This guy, they could have gone like... (laughs) I get get what they were influenced by. They're influenced by Miracle on 34th Street, where you're not supposed to be able to tell if he's crazy or the real Santa. And by the end, you do believe he's the real Santa. But did you ever think that he wasn't the real Santa? No, 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 no. Well, I mean, that's what they were trying to go for. The original, more so than the new one. The original, they play it much more ambiguous. I rewatched that again this year. So I get what that's what they're going for, right? They're supposed to have the at least characters believe it, but I don't know. This one, they didn't have me buying by the end. He's the real Santa. You didn't buy it, huh? I did not. And I'm all fine with a cool, hip Santa. I liked, um... Who was it, Julian? Candy Cane Lane. Russell? No. Uh, who was it in Candy Cane Lane? David Allen Greer? Yes, yes. Yeah, I really liked him as Santa, despite the sleigh. And he was a cool, hip Santa, but... Yeah, this guy didn't do it for me. You hate everything about this movie, dude. Not the little girl, not the child, which is a nice change of pace from every other movie. <laughs> I think I think Anthony's just going to find a bunch of movies with kids that he likes so he can lose his uh, child-hating badge. Hey, there are a bunch. <laughs> so he brings the guy back to his house. He's going to try to get him home somewhere, like to get him to the police, right? And he wants to take him to the police so they can get help. And things start going awry. He's telling his daughter he's Santa. We soon find out, you know, there's there's a, a cadre of villains trying to catch him. We really don't understand this right off the bat, though. We don't know why they're following him, but they have to get to him and they're tracking him somehow. Mm-hmm. He's keeping his iPad, which is how he tracks the naughty and nice list. I did find it funny when he was getting searched, when Eddie searches him and he pulls out random things like a bunch of carrots because he's trying to get off of cookies. <laughs> That was funny to me. I liked that he was kind of flighty, you know? He definitely tiptoed the line of stupid and flighty, and I feel like he fell on the flighty side of it, which I appreciate because I don't like a stupid Santa. But I like that he wasn't cranky at all. Cranky Santa has a space in some part of my heart, right? Like Elf, he's cranky. But I liked that he was just kind of flighty. Fun? (laughs) Yeah, he was fun. Space Cadet. 
There you go. So we get in the car and we're suddenly getting followed by some weird costumed people in a van that are screaming at Eddie. Mm -hmm. Eddie ends up losing them. These costumed villains reminded me of the ones in Violent Night, except far less competent. Yeah. They were not competent at all. No. That really is a big indicator this movie is not targeted for our age group. The laziest writing in the movie, or close to the laziest writing in the movie to me, is Ludus and Chris's car runs out of gas. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I just don't hear about that happening anymore. Your cars warn you far too much that you're running out. But he runs out of gas and Santa goes off on his way. Anthony, I'd like to hear your take from here. (laughs) First of all, he doesn't just go on his way. He literally opens the door and rolls out, right? No, it's not yet. This is is when they ran out of gas. Yeah. I do love his propensity for just jumping out of moving cars. That made me laugh every time he did it. I do too. Well, they hail it, they get they get a taxi, and they realize they're still being followed. So that's when he rolls out of the moving car. But they end up at this <laughs> club where everyone's dressed as Santa, which this is pretty neat. And there's this big dance number, and he invites Nick and Charlotte up on stage to dance with him. And Nick actually gets into it. You see Nick starting to lighten up a bit in the scene. He's having a bit of fun. Um. Well, because his daughter's eating up every bit of this. All of it. She is just eating it up. She's loving everything to do with this guy and just having the time of her life. Nick is not loving it, though, because he thinks, like, you know, he keeps telling her, this is not the real Santa. Well, okay, that's a criticism I've got. He hangs on to the whole, you're mentally ill and I need to help you, like, way too long, I think. I think he's he's trying to fix people. That's what we're learning about him. But I think he is. But I guess my question for you, Julia, is why do you feel it's too long? Well, I think it's like I think it is that the longer so at the beginning of the movie when he tries to help that guy on the artistic Christmas tree, I believed that. But I don't think I don't know if it's that the writing isn't strong enough or the actor isn't strong enough or what to extend that out for as long as it goes on, because I believe it less and less. And it's just like white noise. I suspect it's probably the writing, but I was just Uh, like, I'm I'm over the constant, oh, it's okay, honey. This guy is mentally ill. I'm just trying to help him. I got tired of that. I get, I get that. But at the same time, I tried to remember, I mean, I think guess we have to remember, and I agree with you. It's probably, it's a weak writing for sure, but we also have to remember it is a we know we're watching a Christmas movie. He doesn't know he's in a Christmas movie. Like if this dude encountered us in real life, we're also gonna think he's freaking mentally ill. Yeah, but I think I would have appreciated for him to have pivoted from let me get you help to exasperated, let's just do let's just get this guy where he needs to go so we could just be done with him. Right? That's and that's I don't fair, think yeah. He made that transition fast enough. Yeah, totally fair. Got it. I got it. And, and because you're right, I did not believe he would hang on that long. Yeah. His character. Okay. Yep. Got it. Okay, that's fair. Um. So they leave the club because they're being trailed again, and they they were they are rescued by a family called the Truckles, who track Santa they from do like Christmas. A, <laughs> we do Christmas. Um. Did you like them, Anthony? I mean, I appreciated that they were obsessed with Christmas. They run their operation out of what looks like a uh, 
van that, you know, creeps little children into with candy, but they're obsessed with Santa. They <laughs> <laughs> use their equipment to track him basically all over the world. Like, they're able to pinpoint him anywhere. <laughs> Nick, uh, once again, makes a hasty exit while they're trying. While they're driving, and uh, <laughs> he just rolls out of it. It's so funny, and he like bounces. They think they love. think they've done something egregious to offend Santa. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so he takes them to this warehouse. So I, I'm interested to see hear your thoughts on this. Um, he has on the ground people, I guess, in every city warehouses. Every like rather than. It seems a workshop at the North Pole. He has all these operations in like every city around the world, run by supporters of his. Right? Yep. Yep. How did yeah, you How did you this. feel about that? I hated it too. I, I hate this. I would like it if he had some. We have other scene, other Santa movies where he's got like helpers around, but they're not making the toys, and I think that's where we have a problem, right? Yeah. Yes. Like I don't mind a network of communication, right? Um, or coordinator, so to speak. But I hate that this stuff is not produced in the North Pole. And and then it's fans. I don't like that either. I don't like that it's just like, oh, we're we're insanely huge Santa fans. So we're just pitching in to help. Hate it. Don't like it. Right? Hey, Disney, if you're listening, you could have at least got off the cameo as his huge Santa fans. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that. I do like I, the idea of people dressed up for a 12 Days of Christmas, which, by the way, is the theme this year. Yeah, um, for real. But, I mean, what a fun party that would be. Host a party and you've got to come as one of them. I, I did not, though, I didn't like Gerald and Lucille, who run this warehouse. No, Lucille can't act worth a flip-flap. Plus, the script writing really, 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 really shows here. And the steampunk thing didn't work for me. Don't like it all. Yeah, but Nick apparently trusts him to fix his equipment. However, he also reveals finally to Eddie why he's being trailed by these villains. And it's because he had stopped at Congressman Conrad Harf's house, right? Uh, during his night of deliveries, and he got his tablet mixed up with the congressman's, so he now has evidence of all of the congressman's, you know, crooked dealings and everything. So they're chasing him, you know, essentially to stop all that from leaking out and landing. He overhears this. He overhears this congressman who was giving a good speech early on about this, like homeless shelter and how he's going to save him. And Santa overhears him talking with his his goons about shaking a bunch of people down and getting money for them his his bribes are on this ipad who they're supposed to go after so they're not supposed to lose the ipad and he's going to shut down so this is a perfect example why santa shouldn't use technology right here um i hate him it's too much i I hate him i get i don't there is a balance that can be struck with technology like i know julia you like arthur christmas i thought that was too much Mm -hmm. I like the prep and landing technology. I thought that was nice. But this one, I think we can all agree, was too much. Um, It didn't have enough connection. I don't like Santa using real-world technology. I like Santa using North Magical technology. Crafted technology. Yes. When Nick reveals all this to Eddie, though, Eddie kind of, like, flips out. And he just says, you're just another burglar. And he calls the cops to arrest him, which really upsets Charlotte. And he's um, gonna break. And he breaks up the entire operation. 
Yeah. So Nick is arrested, but quickly deduces that the detectives who have taken him, they're Conrad's goons. Well, originally the, the police that he knows show up, and he goes to the jail to check on him, and some other detectives from another city show up, and they say they have a warrant for his arrest. And his detective friend says, hey, I searched him, and he didn't have this, but he left this tablet behind. And he gives mm-hmm. the tablet, which I th- would think would be evidence, but yeah, right? gives, it, gives it to Eddie. And Who realizes that Nick was telling the truth. Because he remembers that Nick had said that it was Herf's name was the code. He typed in the code, and he can see everything the councilman was doing. Yep. I also so, want to call out. This yeah, whole time, so, Santa's been trying to call the reindeer with effectively a keys, like right so next to the sleigh. Dumb, and it doesn't work, and it doesn't work, and it's right before he's caught on the roof because of Eddie's call to the cops or whatever that he kind of pinpoints it's not working because Eddie doesn't believe. Yep, which is fine. I don't know why Eddie would have that power. It makes no sense. Right, right. like what makes him so special? I'm like, I can see that we're trying to get to a spot where he hones in on Eddie's beliefedness. But like for all of his magic to depend on one guy, like it seems dumb. Wrong. So dumb. Dumb. Wrong. Yeah. Um, but Eddie realizes he made a huge I think I made a huge mistake. And he yep. <laughs> he recruits the chuckles to help locate Nick because he, like you said, Tom, he's not at the jail. And they find they realize he's been taken to Conrad's Christmas party. So Eddie and No. The mayor's Christmas party. The mayor's Christmas party. The mayor's which where Conrad is. Yes, apologies. This looks fabulous, and- by the way. He still doesn't have his car, so we have to call the Truckles in. And we know where they are. They're at the Greek restaurant eating their uh, well, that's, Spanakopita. <laughs> well, that's how they find out where Nick is, right? They track him. Yep. Yep. Correct. So the Truckles take Eddie and Charlotte to the party and uh, to free Nick, but they are also caught by Conrad's henchmen. However, now that Eddie fully believes Nick, Santa's reindeer color summoner thing works and i bang my head against the wall in frustration as the opening notes of the rocky theme start blaring through my tv speakers and because santa reminds him that the reindeer will do whatever it takes they're very protective of santa which I like that. That's like a dog, right? A loyal dog. And I like my reindeer as pets. But this whole uh, Rocky, that addition of the Rocky thing, it was dumb. So stupid. Well, and this was something that Santa Matt brought up when he was on with us for the Naughty Nine is oftentimes how large reindeer are portrayed in movies when in fact they are not large creatures. And they really are. He had made mention, like, these things are like moose size in that movie and dashing through the snow. And boy, he was right. <laughs> they uh, are gigantic. They're too big. They're huge. Yeah. yeah. I I would have been terrified of them if they didn't look so fake. Um, but yeah, they beat up. not good. <laughs> no, it's not. But they beat up the bad guys and Conrad and his gang are arrested. Although, Santa being Santa, what does he do? He gives Conrad this... Tim Allen. 
Yeah, an act. never got it. Yeah, which I think was called an action Arthur. Or yeah, like he, that. He, he did all the movement and hacked away at things. <laughs> um, and he get and he get and he gives it to him, and I like I did like that moment because no matter how, it, it's just like that's a good Santa who will even give the bad guy something. You saw Mrs. Claus promise a guy in her movie that Santa would bring him something. You saw Santa and Frosty promise the magician a new hat. Like, mm-hmm. it's a good Santa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Conrad is touched as he's being led away. <laughs> Figuratively and literally. And uh, Nick gets in his sleigh and flies away. <laughs> and then we get Eddie and Charlotte. They go home and tell Allison the whole story. And Allison... Doesn't believe a word of what they say. They don't. He should believe that they they were hanging out with Santa, until who shows up? Julia. Santa to the front door. <laughs> yeah, to the front door. The front door. <laughs> and he explains the situation. And I mean, our Allison has been kind of worked up the whole movie. We check in with her at a few periodic points when her daughter continues to not show up as expected and she chooses to get super irritated with Eddie because Eddie's working when he should be focusing on his daughter because he obviously doesn't want to tell her what he's doing. Um, But so she's relieved to have him home, but is also highly skeptical about what they say was the reason that they were not home. So that's why Santa shows up because he knew that Eddie would need a little help. (laughs) And what does he bring Eddie? A dog was his a name. Puppy. Bulldozer. Bulldo- bulldozer. bulldozer. Yep. He's a, Who, which uh, he which he told him at the beginning that he uh, he needed it. Yeah. Yeah. He's a cute puppy too. Uh, Saint Bernards are gorgeous dogs. If they didn't shed and drill so much, I'd want one. Um, <laughs> but Eddie renews his romance with Allison. He invites a truckle to spend the holidays with them. Well, Nick flies off to finish Christmas and the end. The end. The end. A, for me, very long 90 minutes. It could have cut some serious time, definitely towards the beginning. Like, I didn't really start to like the movie much until we had more Nick and Eddie interactions outside of the running from people. So it felt long to me to get going. But I really liked Lil Rel Howery as Santa. (laughs) It was not a negative Santa depiction to me. I thought Ludacris did a good job with what he had to work with, especially. I had fun. My family liked it. I give it two Rice Krispie treats in a gingerbread house. (laughs) (laughs) A whole gingerbread house? That's impressive. I'm going to go with out of a bowl of like 20 York peppermint patties. This one gets like two. I'm still winning. This gets a big, fat lump of coal for me. If I wanted to torture somebody, I would tie them up and force them to watch this and the Naughty Nine back-to-back. And they would lose their minds by the end of it. So, big lump of coal. I don't think that's what they would do. Oh, I think so. (laughs) I am going to be curious to see what our listeners think of this, though. Same, same. Listeners... You can let us know by visiting linktree.com slash tis the podcast, where you can find a link to all of our social medias. The place I recommend getting that we'd like to hear from you is on our Facebook group. That's where most of the magic happens. Yes. Let's say you're just not getting enough 
Christmas content. You're not feeling the love. You're kind of an Anthony feeling this year. Where can they get more Christmas cheer from us, Anthony? Patreon. Which you can also access via our link tree. You can follow bonus episodes for as little as a dollar per month. Lots of good stuff up there. Lots of good stuff will be coming this year. And uh, yeah, check it out. But I just want to go back and plug the Facebook group again. It will be a nice place in these, especially these first two months post Christmas, where everybody's feeling a bit down that the holiday season's over and it's not yet spring and it's just dark, gloomy winter. Uh, mm -hmm. So check us out there. You can interact with a bunch of cool people, not just the three of us. So people way cooler than all of us. Uh -huh. People way cooler than all of us. And you get to see people like uh, our good friend Mike Westfall of Advent Calendar House call us out when we are misinformed on episodes. We're checking out. <laughs> but we have lots of good stuff coming up this year in general. But the next two weeks, we're covering the new movie Genie and The Holdovers. So, two brand new Christmas movies coming up. A question for y'all and our listeners. What's your yeah. question? Do you guys have any... I don't want to say New Year's resolutions, because resolutions are so easily broken, but do you have any hopes for the new year in general? Things you would like to accomplish, things you would like to change, etc. Hmm. Not yet. Yeah, I need time to think about that one. What would, okay, and what would you like to, I would like our listeners to not only tell us their New Year's, not resolutions, but what would you like to see our show do in the new year? Not content, one. not necessarily movie or TV wise, just in general. Like, how would you like to see the show grow or change in the new year? I'd be curious. Yes. Oh, Let's yeah, let push us the know. question to our listeners. Those are my favorite questions. What can we so. do better? What can we do differently? Just ones I don't have to answer. I I, I can answer that one. How 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 about to avoid the busy Christmas season in July? We start doing our Thanksgiving, Halloween, and Christmas um, episodes. I just had that we, idea. I just said that to you. Really, <laughs> we really need to do that. <laughs> we, we say it every we we, we say do. it every year. We do. Hey, we we actually did we actually did good with Thanksgiving this year. But, yes. I mean, come on. Come on, guys. Especially these early months of the year. We should we should do stuff. <laughs> we really need to do that. <laughs> this year got out of hand. We are in a leap year, which means there's extra time, unfortunately, between now and Christmas. There is. There are 359 days until next Christmas. That's 51 weeks. That's like a bunch of hours, but I'm not going to say that number. 12 months. 12 months, folks. 12 months. Womp, womp. Womp, 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 womp. Do some homework in your doldrums of January this weekend. Uh, we're going to be covering Jeannie from the Peacock Network next week. Another joyous movie. It's got Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. It does. Bye. <laughs>